Hey guys, welcome to Beaming Soul. First, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and to being a part of this journey of Beaming Soul and part of this new podcast. So I encourage you, if any of this connects with you, like it, subscribe to it, share it. And what I really want to talk about today is what I'm calling the Beaming Soul process, really the most important work that I've done, that I'm doing, that has helped me feel more lit up from the inside out in the day-to-day moments and when I'm not feeling so lit up and when I'm feeling off track or overwhelmed the tools that I use to get back to that so last week if you listened to the previous podcast I talked about goals and desires and this week I want to talk about how to build up your self-worth because what I find is when we look back at our goals our resolutions that we we create either at the new year or when we're taking time to goal set or just re-explore our lives and and different directions that we want to go the goals often fall into two different categories one it might be a goal based on your core values and If your goal is like this, maybe your goal is to travel more because you love to travel because it makes you feel lit up. Maybe it's love, a deep connection. Maybe it's learning. Maybe it's to go to school and get one more degree because you just love the idea of learning more. On the flip side, the same goal of learning, of getting another degree, could be based on your lack of self-worth or your feeling not good enough if the reason behind the desire to learn or the goal to learn or the goal to get one more degree is because you don't feel good enough as you are. And so I encourage you to look back at your goals or reflect upon your current goals and desires or your current actions that you take day to day. And is it coming from a place of this is my core value and this makes me feel lit up? Or is it coming from a place of I don't feel good enough and I'm trying to earn my self-worth from external measures? And for a lot of us, I often find that sometimes the things that we do, the actions that we take, the goals or desires that we create for ourselves are as a means to try to feel good enough, to try to gain more more self-worth. They're around this worthiness wound. And so today I want to talk about how to build up our self-worth. So at the end of this process, and this process is never fully over, this is a process that we take throughout our entire lives. But when we get to a certain point where we feel worthy and enough in a certain moment, in that moment when you really feel from the inside that you're whole and complete as you are, that is a wonderful time to check in upon your goals and desires to see, okay, is this goal that I'm doing, does this job that I have, is this relationship that I'm currently in or investing in, is it lighting me up? Is it based on a core value? Is it something I'm still interested in now that I know I'm already whole and complete? And this is where it gets interesting. So I want to start at the beginning 
and this process that I engage on to explore our level of worthiness not that we have because we're all whole and complete and inherently worthy but our level of perceived worthiness in the moment is one to connect to ourselves connect to our bodies connect to our inner our inner voice step two is then to disconnect from ourselves and then step three is to reconnect with ourselves in a new way to start to change the relationship that we have with ourselves to really rewire our brain and have a more loving compassionate connection with all parts of ourselves before we get into the three steps just let the words sink in and wash over you This is from a book called A Year Without Fear by Tama Keeves. Take a deep breath. Spirit wants to flow through you. Where are you blocking this connection? Do you need to forgive yourself for something? There is nothing you could do that would change your worthiness of infinite love. Today, I am willing to let go of any belief I have that makes me feel unworthy. I am willing to let go of any belief I have that makes me feel unworthy. Step one of the beaming soul process is to connect with ourselves. I find that a lot of us don't have awareness around our self-talk, around the voice that is on constant play through our brain throughout the day. We might not even hear it. We're just going through the motions or we may not even be attuned to the sensations in our body during different situations. What situations are making us feel lighter, you know, more full of love, more connected, more excited? And what situations are making us feel tight and stressed? What situations are making our heart race? And what are the feelings and emotions flowing throughout our heart, our mind, our body in the different situations around the different people in our days? And what is that inner voice saying when we're taking a risk? Is it, go you, I believe in you, take a deep breath, you can do this? Or is it more often, What are you wearing? Why would you wear that? Don't raise your hand. You never have anything good to say. You're just going to sound stupid again. Yeah, you better go get that degree. You're not going to impress anyone if you didn't even graduate. Ugh, don't call that person. Don't ask them out on a date. Don't ask them out to coffee. They're probably going to say no. Reflect upon what your subconscious, what your inner voice, what your self-talk, your inner critic, 
whatever you call it, we all have one. What is that part of your brain, part of your mind saying to you? What are the things that you're saying to yourself about yourself all day long? Maybe you already have awareness around this. I encourage you to write some of those statements down or some of the sensations in your body down and notice what situation are you in when you're feeling that, what people are around you, what actions are you taking, what moment maybe preceded this moment of feeling anxious or overwhelmed of having that inner critic. Or what moments do you have where you find out your inner voice is really compassionate with you? Just become a detective here. Get curious. Get exploratory without adding any extra judgment. Just being a data collector. Taking your pen and paper throughout your day or your notes app on your phone and just collecting data. Getting to know that inner voice, that self-critic. And once you begin to realize that your thoughts are not who you are, once your thoughts, the inner critic, is not so subconscious, is not so hidden from you, and you begin to hear those thoughts or feel those sensations in your body and realize that they're there, but they're not who you inherently are, that's when you know that you're ready for step two disconnection process, the detachment process. This part of the process for me has two different steps. First, it was researching about the brain, understanding the science behind how the brain works. Because, at least for me, when I learned how all brains work in every human and learned that we all have an inner critic, I didn't feel so alone, and it helped to normalize it for me. I'm not that unique where I'm the only one that's shaming myself or judging myself all day long. And once I realized why the brain did this, I realized it's not my fault. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just a survival tool that the brain has. So the brain has one goal. That's it. One goal, and that's to survive to keep you alive, to protect you. And so if you begin to think about your actions throughout your day, a lot of those actions that you're taking, a lot of the behaviors that you're taking involve some uncertainty, especially if you're getting vulnerable and trying something new. If you're going into that interview, if you're engaging in a real true conversation with somebody where there's a potential for you know that person not connecting with you when you're engaging in things where there's some risk involved your brain sees that as potential danger as risk of potential death so what do you think it's going to do It's going to do everything in its power to shut that down. And so one of the ways it does that, one of the strategies it has, is to use that inner critic to try to shut it down. Don't be vulnerable. Don't take a risk. Maybe it tries to shame you. Maybe it sounds like a bully. 
the intentions are good. The intentions are trying to protect you, trying to keep you alive. It wants you to survive. It's always going to want to push you towards pleasure and away from pain. And so maybe you're feeling burnout at work. Or maybe a relationship is really struggling. Or maybe something from your past is bubbling up inside you. And instead of getting vulnerable and taking that risk of of looking inside of what's going on or taking a risk of having that difficult conversation with someone or making the effort to go to the gym when you don't feel good enough as you are or whatever it might be, it's out of protection. Maybe it's having you reach in the cabinet for some food late at night for a late night binge to help you avoid pain avoid avoid emotional pain because another interesting thing here is that the brain does not distinguish between emotional and physical pain it lights up the same part of your brain lights up regardless of whether you're in a physical risk, an emotional risk, a social risk. It, if the alarm center goes off in the brain, potential danger, potential danger, protect, protect, protect. And so in these moments when that self-critic gets really, really loud, I've learned to say, I've been practicing saying, thank you for trying to protect me. Thank you for trying to protect me. I have some other tools that I'm going to choose to use now, but thank you for trying to protect me. It's also important to notice here that this part of our brain, this self-critic, this self-critic, this inner critic that's really part of the survival mechanism of our brain, it has a very useful component. And so we don't want to completely shame it We don't want to completely get rid of it. It has its purpose. Because when we are in real physical danger in the moment, there is no time for a compassionate voice. There's no time to problem solve. There's no time for empathy. There's no time to get creative and imaginative about what steps we could possibly take. In these moments, we need that survival part of our brain that's going to send cortisol throughout our body, get our adrenaline pumping, and turn off all those other parts of our brain, all those other mechanisms we have to focus just on surviving, just on fighting or flighting, fighting or fleeing rather. And in these moments, it is super necessary These are the moments when we are in danger and we can lift up that car to save the child. Or we can run super fast away from that flaming building. This is when we need that survival mechanism, that protection at all costs. Turn off the compassion to turn on that fight or flight. But we don't need that fight or flight. We don't need that adrenaline. We don't need that inner critic. 
when we're standing in front of the mirror looking at ourselves trying on a new outfit when we're interviewing for a new position when we're engaging in a deep real conversation with somebody that is not real danger that's when we need that compassionate voice that says it's okay you can do this this is scary but you got this and for me when I started noticing my inner critic and how loud it was and how mean it could get to me sometimes, my instinct was to me, be mean back to it. It was to bully the bully brain. And it might work for a little bit. But in the long term, the root of this so-called bully brain is just fear. Fear. It just wants you to survive. It just wants to feel safe and connected and enough. It wants to know that it's going to be okay. And so beating back at that bully brain, at that inner critic with meanness is not going to work in the long term. So again, my tool has been after learning the science behind why the brain is the way it is and why I have an inner critic. It's helped me be able more often in the moments to notice it when it comes and realize it's never going to go away because it's there for a purpose. It's there to protect me. So just notice that when it comes, it's normal. We all have one. It's not unique to me and say, you know, thank you for trying to protect me and assess whether you're in real physical danger if there's a real potential for death here and if not you know choose a different tool the second part of the disconnection or detachment part of this process is personifying the inner critic the inner voice, the quote-unquote bully brain, whatever you call it now, personify it. Maybe you call it your brain and then you have your soul. Maybe you call it your child self and then you have a higher self or a mother self. For me, what works best, what connects the most with me is calling my inner voice, the child within me, and my soul or my mother self. So I have these two different parts of me, the child within me or my little live, and my soul or my mother self. Or maybe you call it, you know, the name of your child or a different a different name or maybe you love puppies or kittens or 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 any other animal and you connect more with animals and your inner voice becomes a little puppy and you name it if you're using you know a puppy or a kitten or your child or your inner child like yourself when you were a child I encourage you to get a picture of them. 
For me, I have a picture of myself as a child, and it's the screenshot on my phone. I have a picture of myself in my wallet. And it may seem weird, but start practicing talking to this person or this pet, this animal in a compassionate way. Not just in the moments when you're elevated, you're triggered, you're in that survival protective mode and they're sounding mean or harsh or they don't want you to take a risk. Talk to them all throughout your day. When you're feeling calm, when you're feeling at peace, when you're feeling excited, when you're feeling full of love, talk to them and get to know them. Say, hey, you're doing good. I love you. Or I know you're scared right now, but I got you. I got this. We can do this. Thank you for trying to protect me, but we got this. And maybe it's talking out loud to them like I do. Or maybe it's writing them a note. Maybe if it feels too weird to like literally talk out loud to them in your day-to-day life, maybe you pick up your phone and pretend you're calling them and you're walking down the street talking out loud and you talk to them, you have a conversation with them, get to know them and start talking compassionately to them. To me, this has literally been the most helpful part of this process for me because I look at a picture of myself as a child and she's innocent. She's full of love. She's full of peace. And I know she's part of me. And I know I'm full of all of that too. But for some reason, for me, and you know, for most of us, I think it's easier to send that love and compassion to someone outside of ourselves. And so let's start there. Let's start where you know we, we have this strength. Let's start where it's easier by sending love and compassion to someone else. So in those moments when they're feeling scared, when they're getting mean, look at them, talk to them. Thank you for trying to protect me. I know you're scared, but we can do this. We got this. Let's recap the Beaming Soul process. So step one was to connect with yourself. Get to know that inner critic a little bit. Build up your self-awareness. Step two was then to disconnect or detach from that part of yourself by understanding the science behind how the brain works and by personifying your inner critic. Now step three is to reconnect with yourself in a new way. By continuing that conversation with your inner voice, your brain, the child within you, however you named it, continue that conversation, not just in the moments when you're triggered and anxious, but all the time. And then eventually one day, This is how it happened for me at least. I don't even know what specific day, but somewhere down the line I realized that I wasn't just sending that self-love or that compassionate talk outward to my inner child, but I felt suddenly that she was part of me and she was me and I was her. And so suddenly I realized that I was sending that love 
to myself. And that love was for myself, from within myself. And this has changed everything. And this is the process, scientifically speaking, of rewiring your brain. Your brain is totally plastic, is totally able to change. We are able to change up the neural networks in our brain, but it takes consistent work about talking to yourself in a different way in the day-to-day moments, when you're standing in front of the mirror, when you're at a traffic light, when you're running late, when you're raising your hand when you're in a group. Just that subtle self-talk. At first, you'll start to catch it, catch that inner critic after it shouts at you. And slowly, during some moments, you might start to realize that it's not so loud anymore. Or that inner child is starting to speak more compassionately. And again, reminding yourself day to day that when that inner critic comes up, it's just about protecting. Its intentions are good. But if you're not in real physical danger, just letting it know, hey, thanks, but I have some more effective tools to use in this moment. And then choosing to use them. In the moments when you're really amped up, when that self-talk is so loud or you're so anxious, your heart is racing, you're not able to think clearly, you're really not able to think clearly. That's how the brain works, like I briefly talked about before. When you're in that heightened state of survival, when you feel in danger, social danger, social risk, emotional danger, emotional risk, physical danger, potential physical risk, your brain recognizes it all as the same, And it's going to turn off every part of your brain that it doesn't need that's not focused on pure survival in the moment. So that means it's turning off your ability to think clearly. It's turning off the ability for compassion, for empathy, for problem solving and creativity. It's turning all of that off. So for me in the moments of my heightened state, when my heart's racing, racing, when I'm totally overwhelmed and anxious... I have to change my state. Changing your physical state will turn off that switch, that survival part of your brain, to turn on the more calm part of your brain. Once your brain knows that you're safe, you'll gain access again to the problem solving, to the compassion. So step one, change your state. How do you do that? slowing down your breath because when you're in that survival fight or flight state your heart's going to be racing your breath is going to be short and shallow so slow your breath down or you can change your temperature get a cold shower put an ice cube in your mouth put a cold towel on the back of your neck or you can sweat You know, do some jumping jacks, go for a walk, go for a run, sweat it out. And as you start to change your state, as your body starts to recognize that you actually are safe, then you'll have access to the ability to talk to yourself compassionately. 
And in the long term, this is what changes your brain, the compassionate self-talk. It changes the patterns in your brain so that it's going to come more naturally. The compassionate self-talk will start to come more naturally to you in the moments when you're taking a social or emotional risk. So in summary here, the beaming soul process is one, connect with yourself, two, disconnect from that inner critic, three, reconnect with yourself in a new way to really rewire your brain. And for me, this has been the process of really building up my sense of self-worth and really realizing that I have all the love in me for me. I have love for myself and I'm whole and complete as I am. And understanding that the self-critic is never going to go away, but it's there for survival. And I have it when I need it, but I can thank it and choose different tools in the moment when I want to. This is a day-to-day practice. It's not perfect. But this is the work that's really changed my life. That's inspired me to start Beaming Soul. It's inspired me to write my book. Inspires me every day to continue to work with the kids that I continue to work with. The kids and parents and families. To help us build up our self-worth. Because then, when we reflect back on our goals, we can see, are my goals and desires based on what really lights me up? On my core values? On how I want to live my life? Or were they just goals, you know, to lose five pounds because I want to feel more good enough? It's not that any goal or desire is inherently good or bad. It's the come from. It's the root of it. So the challenge of the week. I challenge us this week to explore and collect data as a detective What does our inner critic sound like? Once you start to hear it, or if you already know what it sounds like, if it's really loud and you have some self-awareness around it, name it, personify it, maybe call it your inner child. And when it comes up in your day-to-day, say, thank you for trying to protect me. If you like this process in a written form, if you're more of a visual learner, email me at hellobeamingsoul at gmail.com. Share this podcast. Check out www.beamingsoul.com for more resources and info. And tune in for next week's podcast next Friday. Thank you all. Have a great night.